Father, we thank you for this time that we're coming together. Father, we thank you that you build your church, but you have called people, oh God, together for the purpose of building your kingdom. We ask tonight that you would just send wisdom, impartation, knowledge, oh God, so that we can perform your will in excellence. We pray, oh God, that every barrier that's held us back from being who you called us to be, that it be broken right now in the name of Jesus. We pray right now for the spirit, the seven spirits of God to come in, take over the meeting, tutor us in the things of God, and allow us to raise up into the calling that you've set over our life in Jesus name. Amen. All right, look to the left of you. Look to the right. Somebody's not going to be here. No, I'm playing. I'm playing. I did, I did, I'm doing it on purpose. I'm, doing it, I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. They do that when you go when you go to the college things. They they do that. They say, "Look to your left. Look to your right." Somebody's not going to be here by the end of this tour. No. I'm playing. <laughs> I know y'all Lashad was looking like, "What is happening?" All right, y'all pray for me tonight. I am, I'm battling a head cold, and um, I would have stayed home, but if y'all wasn't going to come, I wouldn't have been here. So I'm here. Um, so let's, matter of fact, lift your hands. Father, We even as overseers prayed, I pray that you would open up the eyes and the ears of your servants tonight, and these your people. Let us, let us become one in the spirit. And let us have the heart for ministry that you've called us to have and the heart for your people that you've called us to have. And we honor you and we thank you for that in Jesus name. Amen. All right. So I'm going I'm, I'm to we're going to do some heart talking tonight. Not hard, but heart. Do y'all need me to turn that up? Some so y'all want to hear it coming out to speak more. Y'all all right. All right. Y'all good. OK. Um, we're going to do some some heart talking tonight and kind of. Um, change some things around as we've seen ministry um and i've been praying and praying and praying um and i've been asking god about ministry the mode of ministry the, the model of our ministry and and everything that's connected to it and i believe that a lot of us in ministry have been burning out because we have to change some things amen um so if I was to ask you guys um, what you think is the reason why this house isn't growing to its fullest potential, what would y'all say? Honest, honest speaking. Tonight, there's like you're not gonna, nobody's going to be wrong. Nobody's going to get in trouble. But if, if I was to ask you, what, what in your eyes stops this house from being what we know it can and should be in all of our eyes, what would you say? Just blurt it out, and then I'll say it in the microphone so we can hear it. On the accountability. What else? Not staying consistent and growing new members. All right. Anybody else? Distractions. Anybody else? Division. Okay. Anybody else? Consistency with programs. All right. Anybody else? Selfishness. Okay. Anybody else? Mm -hmm. Sharing and advertising more. Anybody else? Anything? Anybody else? That's it. That's all we got. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. 
committed to personal growth, and then we'll be committed to God's growth. All right. I'm not crying, y'all. My eyes are just red because I'm, I'm, I'm crying, battling this head cold. I had to sit down Tuesday night because I was tearing the whole night. I just was going, and God wants you to know it. Oh, sorry, hold on. It's like this man's really feeling it. No, I was feeling it, but not that much. But, so now, now I would say that every person that answered tonight, you were you were right in you were right in what you assessed but you were wrong as to the question. So all of those things encompass the things that keep us from being a great house. But the number one reason why this house can't, can't really grow and be at its full potential, you want to know what it is? Drum roll. You want to know what it is? You know what it, is? it is that you have senior leaders who keep having to come down and do part of your job. That's what keeps the, a house from growing. When senior leaders have to come down and do and, and find somebody to do the job that you wouldn't do or has to find a replacement for you in something or has to come down and ask, why wasn't this done? And that's, that's the number one reason why a house doesn't grow. Because the job of senior leaders is to, according to Axis, and we're gonna we're gonna deal with this. Now tonight's not the only night we're gonna meet because we're gonna have to continue to um, restructure, re revamp, and get things in the right place so that every person in your area can thrive without being micromanaged, without someone having to ask you why isn't this done, where you can just spread your wings and fly and get get into action and and accomplish. And be creative in your own right without somebody having to come behind you and baby you. When senior leaders have to come down in any way and find out why isn't why isn't this area of ministry moving? Why isn't this happening? In Acts, they, the the they, they, uh, the apostle said we should we should not have to come down because our objective should be praying, fasting, and the word of God. And so they wouldn't even come down and deal with widows. Who, who had a valid point. They weren't getting fed, they weren't getting taken care of, and it was the apostle's job to do it. And so the apostle said, why should we leave prayer and fasting and the word to come down and handle this? Because if we do that, the work is gonna cease. And I think that the issue is, has been that we have over micromanaged y'all to the point where it's almost like you're, you're expecting someone to come and ask you, why is it this being done? Because you already know it's not being done. And but when we do that, it hinders the work, because you never grow into your full potential to be who God called you to be. Work in your area of ministry, make it your own ministry, and run with it, and make it the best possible thing that it could be. And then what ends up happening is we come down, and say, "Why?" Well, then you get disgruntled up. Then on the way down, we we upset. Then we disgruntled, and all the the major thing that's happening is there's conflict up, there's conflict down, and there's no growth this way. Can everybody agree to that? All right. Um, so up, up until now, we, we, we've uh, we've had a time time off from training and a time off from from meeting and growing and doing those things with you guys. But as of tonight, uh, because the, the reason why we did that is because we wanted you guys to grow into your callings, to grow into who God's called you to be. And it takes time for that to happen. Nobody can. No, we, we can't teach you into that. We can't teach Pastor Shay into, into being the pastor over the youth and over the children's ministry. We can't teach that. She has to have time. Feet has to be in it. She has to grow in it. You got to go through the ups and downs, feel like you don't want to do this no more, then letting go, and then come back. You got to have that time. You got to. It's natural, y'all. It's natural. And I think a lot, a lot of us is we have, a lot of us have to get rid of shame. We have to get rid of, of fear of failure. 
and we have to we have to get rid of feeling like we we can't do the right thing because when whenever whenever that's our mindset what happens is everything you do you're second guessing yourself you second guess every ability you have you second guess everything god's put into your hands and you overthink and when you start doing that you you open up the doors for the enemy to fight you to make you think that you you are not who God called you to be, or that we made a mistake in putting you in a place. Hear me, everybody who holds a position or title or work in this in this ministry, we didn't just do it because we like you. <laughs> we didn't just do that because we because we think you cute and you can you can handle this and people will be attracted to you. We did it because we prayed. Now this is my thing. If we, if you can trust a God in us, that when we serve and we counsel you and when I'm preaching up there, that God can speak directly to you, and you trust that, then why can't you trust that we prayed and God told us to put you where you are? It's the same God. It's the same prayer life. It's the same reasoning. It's the same voice that spoke to me and said, "Put, put this one over this one. Put this one here." It's the same God. And when I get up and preach, you're like, "What? That was God." Well, it's the same God. <laughs> How many of y'all can get that? It's the same God. The issue is not in the fact of the calling. The issue has nothing to do with the calling. The issue has nothing to do with, your, with, with how much you're producing or not producing. The issue has to do with how much you believe that God called you to do it. Did God call me to do this? If he did, then I have to, I have to deal with the, side, the inside of me, the places where I feel vulnerable, don't feel like I have what it takes, feel like y'all bossing me around. There's a whole bunch of different things. And until you come to grips with those things, then what happens is you're always going to be subpar as being a leader. You're not going to produce what you're supposed to produce because you're going to be waiting for somebody to come. Pastor Candice, myself, overseer, somebody. You're waiting for that to happen so that you can have an excuse. Because really what's going on is something inside of you is not, it has not been healed. So you really can't work up to your full potential. All right? So that's a good introduction. So um, our, our model has to change. Our model has changed. Say that our model has to change. Our model has to change. What has worked as when we first started 16 years ago as Miracle Tabernacle and then later on Harvest Time Ministry and now Image Church, what worked all the way in the beginning as, as Miracle Tabernacle did not work for Harvest Time. Right. What, what we did at Har as, as Harvest Time is not working for Image Church. Amen. Can we agree to that? Is not working. The model of everything has to be torn down. The structure of it has to be torn down, and we have to create a new model. This is why a lot of y'all are stressed out because you're still working under the 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 the, uh, the harvest time model. So now we're gonna we, we have to come back to the table. We have to tear all of that down, and we have to come back to come back, and we gotta come as a team and restructure every part of ministry. If that doesn't happen, we'll burn, we're going to be burnt out in a year and we're not going to have a church. I'm telling you the honest to God truth. If, that keep, if, if, if we go like we go right now, by, by next year, Easter, I won't be pastoring this church. I'm going to another city. You won't want to be here. And I can't pass if there ain't no people. <laughs> I mean, if we, if we can be really honest tonight. My first level of accountability is to God and then to, 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 uh, to senior leadership, Apostle Ferguson, Kevin Leal, Prophetess Morgan, um, and those, and Bishop Brown, and to those. That's who I'm accountable to in ministry. After those, I'm accountable to y'all. 
So if y'all don't know what's going on with me, y'all don't know what's going on with the ministry, and we're just lollygagging and lolly in the in the tulips, and oh God, it's so wonderful. I'm trying to get it together. If we don't if we don't really deal with 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 us, then we're gonna all burn out. Can we all agree on that? We all gonna burn out, and we're all gonna be like. I don't think one by one. I don't think I can do this no more. One by one. I don't think I can do this no more. I don't think I can do this no more. Until everybody says they don't think they can do this no more, and then I'm getting up preaching to three people, and it ain't gonna work. Amen. All right. So say this. Say our model has to change. Apostle Ferguson called me and told me something very specific and particular. And every time he's been calling me recently, every time he calls me, he says this to me. He says, "HR." He said. Every time you you and your ministry go to another level, another place, the rules change. Every time God takes you higher, the rules change. So the the real deal is on December thirty first and January first when we when we when we said we are now the Image Church, the rules the rules should have changed, and they didn't. And I have to take blame for that. The rules didn't change, so we lost. We started hemorrhaging people. The rules didn't change, so so we started we started hemorrhaging people, and because of that, now we're we we're 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 half we're at half growth than we were last year this time, because the rules have to change, and part of that is because sometimes I just don't feel like being bothered with people. Sometimes I feel like being bothered with y'all. I'm like, oh, she don't want to listen, leave her alone, don't deal with them. That's that's partly my fault. But say, say the rules have to change. What worked in lower levels for us, even after years and seasons where stuff was working before, is not going to work now. So how you dealt with ministry last year, the year before that, is not going to be how, how you deal with ministry now. It's not going to work. You're going to feel overworked. You're going to feel like you're, you're going crazy. You're going to feel like all hell's breaking loose because the rules have changed. So now how you deal with ministry, how you deal with pressure, how you deal with someone saying that they need something from you on a timeline has to change. How, how you, how you, how you um, go about um, um, restructuring your, your free time has to change. How You're going to have to put yourself on a time budget because now the rules are changing. You're going to have to put yourself on a, on a, on a weekly um, uh, inventory list. I got to do these things. These three things this week. Why? Because last year, this time, we were harvest time. It worked for that. You could be behind the gun. Now, as image church, you got to be 10 steps ahead because you go, now you have you got to be accountable to your team. You have to be accountable to your upper leaders, and you got to be accountable to God. So what worked before, say, it ain't working no more. No matter how much success we had doing all the stuff that we have done up until now, Paul said, I count all of that as dung. So a lot of us, what, 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 we, what, we, what we base our, who we are in ministry off of is what we've already done. Well, we've done, we've done, we've done. Paul said, no, count that as, as, as poop. Count that as, count that as something that you can't even recall as, as of this moment because it keeps you humble. I can easily say, we, oh Lord, we, I, you know, people that, I, that I've, I've been instrumental in bringing to Christ, Paul says, put that on the, on the back burner because who you bringing to Christ now? Put all that on the back burner. Put put on the back burner that we filled this place up before. Right. Put that on the back burner. What are we doing now? Right. We're at halfway filled in this church. And and how how instrumental am I 
and you put your, yourself there. How instrumental am I at working in my area of ministry to the glory of God effectively? So this kind of stuff that we got, we have to. Uh, so, so, so tonight and and over the next few meetings that we're gonna have, um, we're gonna be laying out and training all of us in the new model. Say new model. New model. Anybody excited about that? Yes. New model, so that you don't have to succumb to burnout, frustration, aggravation, and feeling like you don't have what it takes, or, or you do have it, and you're tired of it on your back, and I don't wish I could have it, and all the stuff that we feel like we, you know, all the stuff we feel. And most times it burns up because we don't even say it. We feel it. We get an art and we just walk around with the art until we snap and then we don't want to be bothered no more. And then it's like somebody should have seen it. I had an art. Well, we don't know because we're trying to keep our areas afloat so that I, this stuff don't, don't fall on me. I didn't have time to know that you ain't have that you that something's wrong with you. And I should be my brother and sister's keeper. But part of that is you got to tell us something wrong with you. Part of that is it, like me when I'm going through, I'll call them in and say, look, I don't want to do this no more. I tell them, look, I'm, I feel like I've had, they go, and you know what they tell me? You need a break. You need to go somewhere and rest. And we got to catch this sooner because we can't have you at full burnout and still trying to lead us. But I still have to tell them, I got to tell Pascal, I'm done, y'all. I can't do this no more. I need a break. And sometimes I have to tell them that, you know? Um, so, um, okay. A system, say this, a system, a system. And, a and a format. Say, say system, and format. system and format. A system is how we do things, a format is what we adhere to. So, so system and format has to be developed um, all over again. Um, because a lot of us, what we don't realize is that um, after a while, God comes to senior leaders and he asks us two questions, just like Jethro asks Moses. Two questions. The first thing God asks senior leaders, and he'll send to Kevin Leal. He'll send to Apostle Ferguson. He'll send to Bishop Brown. He'll send to Prophetess Morgan to us and ask us two things. The first question he asks us is, what are you doing? That's, that's, what, that's what's asked of us. What are you doing? And why are you doing it? Second question. First question is, what are you doing? Say, what are you doing? Second question is, why are you doing it? And, and a lot of us, the reason why a lot of us are in burnout is because we don't know what we're doing. And number two, we don't know why we're doing what we're doing. Why? The same question I asked on Tuesday in that Bible study. Why are you saved? Why are you? Why do you come to church? If you don't, if you don't take time to reevaluate that, then what's going to happen is over time, you're going to burn out in doing something good. Because you have not, you have not gone back to why you're doing it and what you're doing in uh in exodus 18 and and this will be on on this on the uh, on the download for you guys exodus 18 13 through 13 and 14 listen to what um what happens it says the next day moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people and they stood around him from morning until evening and his when his father-in-law saw that moses was doing what moses was doing for the people he said what is this you are doing for the people what are you doing for the people say for the people what are you doing for the people? The first question he asked him really was, what's going on here? What's going on? Moses, as, as great of a leader as he was, he had not evaluated what was going on. He was just doing. He was just doing. That's what a lot of us do. We're doing ministry. But we, we, have, not, we have not assessed what's going on. That always has to be in your mind. What's going on? What's happening? 
I have to know, say this, I have to know what's happening. Get your head out the clouds. Get your head out of your problems. Get your head out of, out of your circumstances. Get your head out of how much money you ain't having. Get your head out of I ain't married yet. Get your head out of all that stuff. And you have to ask, what, uh, what is happening right now? What's happening? Is The reason why all the stuff in me is heightened because I don't know what's happening? Am I feeling this way because I really don't know what's happening in the, in the spirit realm? Is this, is this a fight or is this me? Is this really a fight or is this something in me that, that is kicking up because I don't have any clue of what's happening right now? Why do I feel like I want to quit? What's happening? Why do I feel like all, all of my efforts are just forget it? Why do I feel like every time I bring something to the table, nobody takes my ideas? Why do you feel that? You, because you don't understand what's happening. If you if you if you're not understanding what's if you don't understand what's happening, then everything is going to bother you. Yes. Everything because every, when your head is up in, in your woes, so true. everything bothers you. Yes. Children problems, head, and that's where your head is at. Everything else is going to be. I don't want to hear that. Yeah. Everything is going to be. I don't want to hear that. You can't perform at work because your head is in your woes. Your head is in your problems. Head is in all, that's because a lot of us haven't learned how to how to. Not a let, st- not allow stuff to affect us the way it has affected us in the past. We haven't learned how to compartmentalize our issues from our assignment. So, so has anybody ever come to this church? All y'all have seen us. How many of you have been at least five years? How many have been here at least three years? How many have been here two years? How many have been here at least a year? Right. Have you ever, you've been around us, have y'all ever seen us, Overseer and I, arguing with each other, at odds with each other, can't perform in ministry because I'm upset with her about something? Have you ever seen that ever in ministry since y'all known us? And there's some of y'all that have been around us 16 years and, and, and you, you've never seen it. You want to know why? What we had to learn how to do was compartmentalize what's going on with us versus the work of God. Even when... Y'all would be surprised. We had issues. We've had, in our early days of ministry. We had a meeting upstairs, and key leaders almost spit in our face and walk out. And I got to come down and preach to a church full of people, and not shed a tear, not be in my emotions. And people look at me. How do you do that? Because I have to learn how to separate what's going on in my mind from what's happening in my spirit. The only way you can do that is do the Word of God. For the Word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing. The word has to divide what I'm feeling versus what I have to do. And what we don't do is we don't take enough time in the word of God, even for our own assignment. I'll use LaShonda because she, she got thick skin. So so she she's doing evangelism, right? So if she's doing evangelism, then that means she would have to take, she would have to take as much time as possible feeding her spirit about evangelism, going after the lost. But God wants his house full. Feeding herself that. Why? Because when it comes time to do the work of evangelism, the fight that's going to come in her emotions, in her children, in her money, in her mind, the biggest fight is going to come to stop her from doing what has been assigned, not what she feels, what has been assigned to her. Because the only way you get to expand in your, in your assignment is you have to follow what has been given to, for you to do first. 
what somebody has to give you an assignment because we have to watch and see how you handle what is given to you before you can be released to do what you want to do. And I think, and I, you know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm using an example. If she feeds herself uh, scriptures about the Lord wants his house full, scriptures about going to find the lost, going in the highways and hedges and compelling men to come. Is y'all cold? Is just me? Is it freezing here? It feels like we are in the iceberg. Okay, I'm sorry. So if she immerses herself in um, going to highways and hedges, compel men to come, and she starts saying these scriptures and rehearsing them and saying them to her team, have her team saying them, and this is what the team is doing, this is what she's saying as the head. She's building herself up in that, and she's praying in the Holy Ghost. When the fight comes, the fight, what is going to be bigger? What she's built herself up in or what's coming against her? What she's built herself up in. So what we don't do is we don't build ourselves up in, in the Holy Ghost and in our assignment. We build ourselves up in what we feel and what's not fair. Yep. Yeah. All of us, all of us, all of us. Oh, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm using that example because I, I can get scriptures about it. But all of us do that. We build ourselves up in what we don't like and what's not fair. Right. And when you do that, it's a recipe for you to spin out of control and burn, <laughs> crash. You're going to crash and burn when you, when the only thing that's fueling you is, is what you rehearse is, I don't like this, and I don't, I don't think, and I don't like, and I don't like, and they, I don't like them, and I don't like her, and I don't like them, and I don't like Bishop, and if that's all you immerse, immerse yourself in, then what happens is, if that's the thing that you're feeding yourself, and feeding your spirit, and you're not feeding yourself the word of God, and you're not feeding, feeding yourself according to your assignment, then what happens is, any a feather can come. And once that feather hits your life, poof, you know, I'm out of commission. I can't do nothing for the next five years. I don't want you want to live. I don't want to breathe. I don't want to smoke. I don't want to. I, I, I don't want to do. I don't. I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to see. I don't want nothing to happen to me. I just done. I don't want to get about the bed. I don't want to talk to nobody. I don't want to say hallelujah. I don't want to go to church. I don't want to feel. Just cut the lights out. And let me lay in here. And that's how you feel. I, come on, honestly. You feel like that. Now, okay, okay. Now, 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 now. Let, let me help y'all. If y'all feel like that. If y'all feel like that, and and all guns ain't even pointed at you, you got a little pew pew, a, pew, a BB gun, a BB gun is pointed at you. Y'all got BB guns pointed at you. We got bazookas pointed at us. How do you think we feel? How do you think it feels when 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 you pour into people and they turn? I don't be a part of this. I don't be a part of church. I don't. I don't like. But they leave with all the stuff you gave them. That's like okay. A good example of that. Good example of that. Um. What was that movie where um, we were watching the other day when the girl when the girl was uh, Taraji Hinton? Huh? Acrimony. She's like, I done been there for you. I done been now now. She look crazy, right? Well, think about this. Think about this, sisters or brothers. You with this person, you struggle with them. You go through with them. You there for them. Not her version, but I'm talking about the real version. You there for them. You, you, you helped them. You gave them your money. You gave them your time. You went through and gave them all of your wisdom. You helped them. You supported them. You pushed them. You stayed up at night and helped keep them up so that they wouldn't fall asleep while they were doing it. And then, and then they get the deal, the $25 billion deal, and say, I don't need you no more. You're not going to be like, oh, well, you know, to God be the glory for what I've done. No, some of you going to glitch. You're going to be like, listen, you're going to have some words that ain't holy. Listen, blankety blanket. Right? Why? Why? Because of what you have invested. Because of what you have invested within them. And for them to walk away and take what you've invested to another relationship. I don't care how spiritual you are. 
don't care how many tongues you talk in, that hurts. That junk hurts. That junk hurts. I don't care what nobody say. You got it takes us praying for weeks and months to now imagine. Look at look at the decline from December to March. So we're 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 battling through all of that, especially people that we poured into. But then if you flip that over, the ones who are left. If, if the ones that are left aren't even stepping up to the plate to be on time for church, that hurts just as much as the ones that left that you poured into because the model's been wrong. All right. So, so all right. I hope this is blessing, y'all. <laughs> Say, I have to know what's happening. That means you have to get understanding about who you are, who God called you to be, and you have to get understanding. Watch this. The biggest thing you got to get understanding about is where you've been hurt and where you've been dropped and the stuff you haven't resolved within yourself. You have to get understanding about You can write that. She's like, I just, I see a hand. It's like, she picked up a pen like three times. She was like, wait a minute, hold on. You have to get understanding about who you are, your assignment. You have to get understanding about where you're going. You have, and you have to know this stuff. You got to resolve some stuff. And you have to get understanding about your hurts and pains. The stuff that has wounded you in life. Because a lot of the wounds didn't come from the church. A lot of our wounds came before church. And, a lot, and if the wounds came in church, it came because of our own disobedience. So we have to, we have to, we have to resolve that stuff. Because wounded leaders kill teams wounded leaders kill teams you could be the head of the team you're going to kill it you could be on the team you're going to kill it you could be looking on on the team and kill it you're going you're going you're going to kill you people who are wounded bring death to everything because because of what has died in you there's no way that if i got all this death in me anything that looks like life i'm going to kill it because misery loves company. And if, if I see something growing, then it's unfair because of what's dying in me. That's unfair for them to have a good team. So guess what? That spirit in you is going to go after everything that's alive and kicking on that team to kill the mindset, the camaraderie, the, the continuity, the, the, the spirit, the anointing of that team. If you're on it, if you're over it, you have to resolve the stuff in you. How do you do that? You, you got to resolve the stuff with you a few ways. You got to talk to somebody got to talk to somebody secondly you got to pray got the holy ghost pray in the holy ghost you got to pray in the holy ghost third you have to get the word fourth you got to be obedient you yeah and i'm getting there you you because part you got to go be obedient and you got to submit to somebody got to submit to somebody in ministry yeah, I, I appreciate I appreciate you going to your to your your uh, your, your, your your therapist, but but you gonna have to submit here. Cause while you yeah, go to your therapist, go talk to your therapist, go go there and have all the couch sessions you want to have. But after you do that, let us know what's happening with you. 
And then let you gonna get you gonna get the natural counseling, but then come and get the spiritual counseling, and let us tell you what from the Word of God how you can how we can help work with your therapist so that things can get better for you. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, if you don't resolve stuff and you don't get healed and delivered and get inner healing from stuff, then what's gonna happen is you're always gonna be bitter at something, and that stuff trickles. That stuff goes from you to, and it's a spirit. Bitterness is a spirit. It goes from me. If I'm hanging around Shay, Shay could be the most bubbly person. I just love God. I just want everything to be wonderful. I don't know why I'm talking like that, but, you know, I, <laughs> I just love, I love everybody, right? But let, let her hang around with bitter folk and all of that, yuckety, all that's going out the door. Yuckety, that's going out the door. She's going to come in and say, children, sit down. Don't nobody say anything. I don't want to hear from nobody today. We're going to teach this lesson. Shut up. And we're going to be like, what happened to you? You used to be so bubbly and smart. Who you hanging around? What spirit then jumped on you? And, and the funny thing is, you, it, we got a dozen. It don't have to happen through sex. There could be a transference of that because of association. Association. You want to know why? Her and I just refused to just give up, although we should have and could have 25 times, 35 times, 100 times over the last last 16 years. is because there's something in both of us that refused to quit. You know how we got that? Because we kept hanging around each other. The more we hang around with each other, we don't have to, I don't even have to encourage her. Something on me falls on her when she wants to give up. When I feel like I'm, this is going to be my last Sunday, I'm going out here to preach. They don't even know it. And I go and she'll walk by, I walk by and she'll put her hand out and take my hand and something, boom, gets transferred to me. You understand what I'm saying? It's not about the words all the time. It's a, some, most times it's about the transference of what's in the other people. So you got, you got to watch who you're hanging with because when you hang with, the, when you hang with people who want to go somewhere in God, guess what? Their creativity becomes your creativity. That's, it's the truth. Like I, there's, people who I, there's, there's people who I consider to be associates in, in, in ministry, other pastors and stuff, and when I feel like I'm just, I don't even know what to preach no more, I just call and have conversations with them. We just talk about the word and talk about things, and all of a sudden, something starts happening in my belly. I'll be like, oh, I got like 10 series in me already. Oh, something happened here. I got something. Oh, I feel, oh I've got, oh, dude, I call you back. I got to write something down. And here I am now. I got four weeks worth of, four weeks, and for four weeks straight, I'm just writing, 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 getting ready. And God, God's given me a whole two years worth of messages off of 40 minutes of talking to this person. You want to know why? Because what's in them rubbed off on me. But if I only talk to people who are burnt out in ministry and feel like they don't have it, then I'm closing this church down ASAP. You want to know why? Because of the spirit of the people that I I hang around with. You ain't got to call them friend. You just got to hang with them. Okay. So, say, I have to know what's going on. If you don't know what's going on with you and with the area of ministry that you're in, then anybody who comes to you for answers they're going to walk away depressed because you're not going to be able to tell them anything about anything because you don't know what's going on. So the questions are, what steps are you taking to get you right and keep you right? What steps are you taking to get you right and keep you right? You can't keep complaining that something's wrong and don't take the steps to fix it. Does that make sense? Like, I'll use us. If if we have, if I have an issue with with overseer, and it, it, it could be she's asking me to do something I don't want to do, and that's my issue. But when she comes and talks to me, I'm like, oh sure, no problem, no problem, okay. And then when she leaves, I'm like, just get on my nerves. So will she just get, leave me alone? And that's what's in my heart. Then when she leaves, I'm still not going to do what she asked me to do because I don't want to do it. Right. 
So what I got to resolve within myself is why don't I want to do what she's asking me to do? It, now, I got to start going through. Is this pride? Is this rebellion? Is this stubbornness? Is it because I want to do my own thing? Is it because I feel like a child because she has to tell me what to do? What's going on in me that causes this thing to become conflict? When she's coming in the right spirit, she's saying the right things, but I'm not responding correctly to what she's asking. What's going on in me? See, what we like to do is, I don't like the way you said that. But is what they're asking you true? Is it something that, that has to happen in order for this to be accomplished? Yes. Does that make sense? The issue is, if she comes to me and says, hey, can you, can you get them clothes out of the dryer? Because them, them clothes are always in the dryer. Well, what she asked me is fine, but when she got to, those clothes are always in the dryer, something triggers them because it makes me feel like, you said, I'll never take my stuff out of the dryer. I always take my stuff out of the dryer. I focus on the wrong, my focus is wrong. My focus is wrong. Forget about what the example she gave is what she's asking me to do right. And if what she's asking me to do right, then I have to come to grips with why I don't like the second part after, after I do what she's asked me to do. See, that, that's, that's where we mess up at. Because we deem the whole thing null and void and unnecessary because of the part that, that, that we don't necessarily like. Honestly, haven't all of us been there? We've all been there. And then what I have to do is I'll take the stuff out of the dryer. Then I have to wait for an ideal time to say, hey, can we talk? I, don't ha I can't do this when I'm at level 1,000 because I'm coming in expecting a conflict. I'm coming in saying, you, she better not say nothing to me because if she said, I, she, I'll walk out this marriage. I'll walk out this marriage. Anything that you are in your mind are threatening to walk away from every week is something you're not dedicated to. Okay. So you got to know what's going on in the church. What is the last instruction that was given from your senior leaders? What's the last instruction that was, what was the last thing that God said to our assembly or the last instruction that was given to your team? Have you fulfilled that? Maybe this is why you're frustrated. You're frustrated because you have gone ahead of the directive. What's the last thing that was given to, to you to do that God told you to do through leadership. Mm -hmm. Through leadership. Not because you heard God for yourself. And I realize everybody feel like, I can hear God for myself. I hear God all the time. Well, if you ain't really fasting and praying, you hear in a familiar spirit. If, you ain't, if, you don't, if you're not immersing yourself in fasting and praying, we don't know who you're hearing. And we can base what you're hearing based on what you're saying. If what you're saying is not adding up to the word of God, what's the word of God? The last thing that God spoke through your leader to you. Yes. And if and, and honestly, and if that's if that's not the if not if that's not the thing you're focused on, let's say I say to um to the to the janitor uh, what's the name your facilities maintenance I don't want to say janitor facilities maintenance. If I say to them, hey, I need you guys to make sure that these carpets are. Uh, kept clean. We notice every week when they're eating in here, they got they they they're, they're eating in here, but no one's uh, finishing up cleaning this room. You're cleaning the rest of the church, but this room is not being done, right? Then they go out and buy a um a, um a humidifier for every room in the church. Every room gets a humidifier, right? Then I come back and say to them, "What are y'all doing?" Right? This is what they're gonna say. They're gonna get upset because I am I am slamming a good deed. I'm slamming a good deed, and they, they're going to think, why in the world are you slamming us for something that is helping the whole church? Because it's out of line with the last thing I asked you to do. 
So you bought a humidifier for every room in the church, but the room got is dirtier than it has been. Now we have to get this carpet vac a vacuum and uh, uh, shampooed because every week they step in a cake and peanuts. You see what I'm saying? Now is the thing that they did good? It's wonderful. But that's null and void compared to the last thing that was said. So you could have saved your money on the on that and bought a and bought a carpet machine. A better vacuum cleaner. But when I but when you get a bright idea over the over the last thing that was told to you, and then and then what you did wasn't celebrated, then you get a, you get an art. And this is this is what starts conflict in ministry. Because then after that. You know what the next thing everyone says? I ain't going to do nothing else then. Because you don't appreciate what I put. I put out $400. Well, you only had to put out 40 to get the carpet clean. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, honestly, like think about this. Think about this just, just, just naturally. We are, the reason why a lot of people are disgruntled with church is because there was a directive given. And for some strange reason, we believe if someone has to tell you to do something, that it makes you a child. Because of the nature of our race, being talked down to probably from our parents, not feeling any self-worth or value. So when you come to church and someone says, this is what's needed from you, we're going to give you a clear outline. Well, I know how to do this. I've done this in my last church, but you're not at your last church. You're at a new place. The rules have changed. The the model is different here. And this is why it takes time to conform to the new model. If you're in a new model acting out an old model, then you're going to be out of place. This is why people say, I just can't connect here. Because your heart is still connected to the old model. It's connected to the old model of where you're at. So, yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Listen, I've worked in ministries. I, I, I went out here. I, I, I lived out here for like five years. I played for Bishop Thurgood out here at New, New Jerusalem, Kojic. I played for, I was in uh, Portland, Oregon. Lived out there for about five years, four years, and my home church in New York. Um, wherever I went, the biggest thing that I had to do was find out how they ran, yes. what they expected of me, mm-hmm. how they ran everything. If I'm going to get plugged in here, I can't come in here. I wish I had that, 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 that other plug. No, it's all right. Um, they have plugs that, that if you've ever been on a boat, they got the two prongs. Yeah. You know, if I take a regular, regular, a regular plug for a regular one and try to plug that two prong into that, it ain't gonna work. It ain't gonna fit, and I'm gonna be frustrated trying to get this into that. It's almost like taking a square and trying to put it into a circle. What happens is I'm gonna get very frustrated because I'm trying to fit something into a new thing that don't fit. This is why the Bible says you have to be conformed into the image. You know what that means? If you if you came into this model. As a, as a square, but we're a circle, then that means God has to cut you off. That means new boundaries have to come. That means that what was okay at your last ministry may not be okay here. And some stuff that was not okay there may be okay here. But you have to, you have to get conformed, cut into the new model so that you can fit in and get plugged in and be connected to every piece and get the electricity that you need. If not, you're operating on half battery power. You should be shining bright, but you're barely shining. Does that make sense? And this is the kind of stuff that I think that what, when, when, whenever people come in, they're gifted. And it seems like the more gifted people are, the more rebellious they are. 
And gift, I'm not just talking about gifting from the standpoint of being able to prophesy and speak in tongues. No. Some people are gifted because they got great ideas. Yeah. They're great. They're ex- extreme communicators. Yeah. They, they, have, they, can, they can come up with an idea like that. Yeah. They can work with a lot of people. You're gifted. But the more gifted you become, the more humble you have to become yeah. because that means that with your gifting, it has to be submitted to the house. Yes. Does that make sense to everybody? Yes. All right, Lord, I'm not going to get through all this tonight. I realize I'm not. What time is it? Okay. Can, can we take five more minutes of this? Um, what's the last thing that God said about our assembly? So, so now let me ask this: What is the last thing that y'all heard me speak out of my mouth that God wants to happen for this church? Anybody? And not, not overseer, not heaven, not nobody who was in any of the meeting on Sunday. Y'all, the the armbar meeting. None of y'all. Everybody else. What's the last two or three things that y'all have been hearing God speak through me about this house recently? Fill another half of the church. Okay. What else? Souls. Okay. Anything else? Anybody heard? Discipleship. Yep. Anybody else? Nobody heard nothing? Okay. <laughs> Feeling like, keep moving. Anybody, okay, so anybody else, anybody can just answer anything. Anything you've heard recently that has stuck out to your spirit? Anybody Anybody else that was in the meetings on Sunday? Sewing. Sewing. Come on here. So you're hearing a whole lot, ain't you? <laughs> no, I'm, no, I'm good. No, that's good stuff. No, that's good. I'm proud of you. That's good. No, that's, no I'm serious. I mean, like, that's good. That's good. No, that's good. We've been, we've been talking about, and I've been hearing in my spirit, I've been talking about sewing more. Blessing others, going after souls, this church increasing with, 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 with more souls. These are the things that I believe is on the heart of God. So when I get up, I speak those things. I say those things. I'm always saying them. I'm always saying them. If, you're, if you don't know what's going on, you hear that, and it goes in this ear, it goes out this ear, and nothing, nothing in you attaches to that, and you pull that into your spirit and say, okay, I'm going to become the committee of one. I hear that. I'm going to give. I'm looking for souls. You know what we do? LaShonda over the team. But we don't we don't take it as a because it was spoken corporately. We don't take that corporate word and say, I'ma run with it. That's what we don't do. So what happens is we're waiting for somebody else to catch it and do it. And it never spreads because the only way something spreads in a house is that somebody has to get moving on it. That's how momentum takes place. Momentum happens when when one person here. Okay, good example. I know all of us have seen this. Have you ever seen on, online where somebody's giving a testimony and said, and they were going to evict me? And the pastor said, yeah, I'm going to give $100. And then all, everybody starts coming down and giving. And it's like they got a whole pool of money at their feet. And you're like, wow, that ain't never happened for me. You missed it. You missed it. You missed it. If only thing you say is that ain't never happened to me, you missed it. What you should have seen was someone broke a barrier. Someone said, I'm going to put this in your hand. And then someone else came and put it, just started dropping it at the feet. And you're like, look at all of this. It happened because somebody saw the first act and jumped on it. You ever been in church and somebody just take off running and somebody else run behind them and the next person run behind them? You're like, what? I don't know what they're running for, but I'm running with them. You ever seen that before? It's called momentum. It's called spiritual momentum. One person stepping out and doing can make every Everybody in the whole church become contagious for it. You don't believe it? 
when when murmuring started with Israel, it started with a couple of people. It started with 10 spies. That's how murmuring started as, as far as I'm going into the promised land. We can't do this. We can't do this. The other million plus people weren't even saying that. They were saying, God's taking us into a land that flows with milk and honey. 10 people came back and said, it is that, but we can't do it. And at that moment, 10 people affected a million plus people. 10 affected millions. You want to know why? Because momentum. Now imagine if Joshua and Caleb would have been 10. And the two would have been the one that said we can't. The, that whole generation would have been alive to walk into the promise with their children. But look how ministry works. Three people on the leadership team complaining. Three teams go down. 25 people in ministry connected to those teams, 50 people are affected. Out of the 50, 30 leave. Now, now it just doesn't affect the church. It affects our finances. It affects, it affects our ability to pay bills. It affects our ability to win the loss. It affects our ability to do. And then, and then when we come back and you gather with your team, you had 15, now you got three. Now you're upset because you ain't got no team no more. When the, when the issue was, you were part of the 10 who affected the 50, who affected the 30, and the 30 left. Now we can't accomplish what we got to do. How are we going to do this with five people? Well, you had 50. See what I'm saying? Everything you do creates a momentum effect. Everything you say creates a momentum effect. When it comes time to sow into your leaders, if y'all don't stand up and say, hey, man, these are our leaders. We love them. We want to see them prosper because when they go up, we go up. If nobody else, if they say, anybody have anything to say? And all the leaders like that. Because you upset because you got to get 365 or 500 or whatever you got to give you. <laughs> if you like that, then guess what? That becomes momentum for the whole house. Yes. If we're talking about souls and nobody ever responds to it and everybody sitting around talking about I got to say, amen, church. If you hear me say, amen, church, then that means that somebody ain't receiving it. I should expect the 14 of us to be able to be like, we we got it with you, bitch. We on this thing with you. Because the most horrible thing for a senior leader is to say this is what we're going to do and hear crickets. Oh, I'm going to take a drink of water. To hear crickets. Think about it. You have two children in the house. You come to the house. The children say, we're going to clean up. And one of them like, I don't want to clean up. And the other one's like, let's do it. It's, easy, it's easier to, 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 to get the one to come on board by you having as much fun as you can cleaning something nobody wants to do with the one who wants to do it. We're going to turn on some music. We're going to dance. Pick that up. Yeah, come on. Pick it. We're gonna get this. And the other one's looking like, I want to be in that fun. They don't want to do it, but they conform their will to it based on what is affecting them. That makes sense, and I think this is where this is where the, the 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 model has to change, because the model has been we have served God, we've served as leaders out of our emotions, out of our fears, out of what we like and don't like, and we haven't done it as unto God. Hey Amen. Come on, let's be honest. And I'm, I've even been there before. I got to go in and preach to these folks. They don't hear nothing. I've been there. I know what that feels like. But you don't, you don't, you, you, you and I personally don't get the reward out of doing it outside of doing it because we love God. And that makes us, that makes all of us even more frustrated because when we do it as under man, man may not say good job. Man may not pat you on the back. 
I might be busy. It might not be. I'm going to say, good job, yo. But if that's the only reason why you're doing it, then you're going to feel like, and they don't even tell us we're doing a good job. Now you're upset because you're not getting the accolades that you believe you deserve because you're doing it as unto man. You know, people have left this church this year because that was their, their thing was, they didn't tell me enough that I was doing a good job. Well, you're doing it for me or you're doing this under God. If you know this under God, then God is going to reward you, and you'll get the accolades that you need. Maybe the accolades didn't come because God saw that your, your heart was wrong in what you were doing. All right, all right, all right. Let me try to get through one more point, then we're going we're gonna, to, and then I'll give it to Overseer. Second, uh, that was just the first question. What are you doing? That's all we got through. The second question that Jethro asked Moses was, why are you doing what you're doing? Why? So everybody say, why? why? This has to always be answered within us. No matter what you're doing, if you don't know the why, you'll always operate out of your feelings. Why am I here tonight and I'm, and I'm not feeling well in my body? Because I love y'all. That's my why. My why is not to grow. It's not my why for being here is not because the church needs to grow. My why is we have to become strengthened. My why is I love y'all and I want to see y'all be who God called you to be. So I'm going to invest into you tonight. That's my why. Although I'm not feeling well. My why is always, it always has to be, the why is the bigger picture. Your why has to be the bigger picture. Am I doing this so that I can say I did something? Or am I doing this because the vision has been laid out before me? What's your why? Why are you here tonight? I know a lot of us are tired. You had long days and ready to eat. But why are you here? You're here because... You know, I am a leader, and if I don't come, they're going to ask me why I ain't come, and I don't feel like talking and explaining myself and going through all this stuff with them. And that, 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 that. If that's the why, then you're not receiving nothing right now. If the why is, if the why is, a, is a part of you that's disgruntled, then you never benefit. You never benefit from, from being a part. So everybody else is thriving, growing, 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 but you're deep digressing, going backwards, not feeling apart, feeling like you're by yourself, not connected. That has nothing to do with the team or the church. That has to do with you don't know the why. Right. When you don't know the why, why are you in a relationship? Why am I married to her? Why, am I, why, why are you married to your spouse? Why am I with this person? If you're only with them for the sex, eventually that, that's, that, ain't, that ain't it, chief. <laughs> she, gonna have, she had a baby and we couldn't have sex. So if I'm only with her for sex, then guess what? When she gets pregnant, I'm out. And I might not, I might not ever check back in, although my body's there. Cause when you don't know the why, when you don't have a why, then then everything is an excuse not to be. Why do I love y'all? Why do I love you? Although sometimes I want to slap you. Why do I love you? Why do I love y'all? Why? See, if I don't answer that why, I'll give up on you. If I don't, if I don't, if, if I don't, if I don't come to the conclusion of the why, then when they come and tell me, oh, missionary so-and-so, deacon so-and-so, said so-and-so, I'm like, move them out the way. Sit them down and tell them we'll find somebody else. But I have to understand the why. The why always goes back to what did God say? The why always goes back to why was I placed here? And then the why is what is the bigger picture here? If I don't go back to my why, then I'm always going to be very, very much in my feelings and I'm never, ever going to reap the benefits of doing what I'm doing. Why am I serving in this ministry? 
Number one, because God called me to this. She ain't called me to this. Nobody, I didn't do this because it was a good money, money making opportunity. Because I'm telling you, it ain't. I ain't here for no money. If I was here, for, if I wanted to do money, I would leave all of this and go back to music tomorrow. And the calls are coming. I would leave all of this and be like, I'm out. I'm going to Hollywood. I'm doing movie production. I'm doing movie scores. I'm out. They'll pay me fifty thousand dollars a movie to do that, and I, I can line ten of them lined up already. I got. I got. I haven't. Seriously, I have a meeting tomorrow morning with someone who they want me to do movies, tours, all kind of stuff, and I got to try to figure out how I can do that and keep my why. But if I didn't, if I wasn't connected to this. I'm, this, ain't, this ain't no money maker for me. There's not no thing like the, this is the, you're going to make millions of dollars pass through the church. That ain't, that ain't no reason to get into this. The hurt, don't, the hurt don't match the money. The hurt doesn't match the money. The, stabbing, the stabs in the back don't match the money. Even if you get millions of dollars, it ain't worth it. it it's not worth it. I got to go through deliverance to deal with all the stuff that's happened to me. From ministry, from people that stab me, I got to get somebody to take me through deliverance so I can pull stuff out my back. Ain't no check. Ain't, your 365 ain't help me with that. You understand what I'm saying? And I'm grateful for your 365. I'm grateful for your 5,000. I'm grateful for your 500. I'm grateful for your 1,000. I'm grateful for that. I thank God for that. But that ain't all of that, even if we had 100 members doing it, it ain't enough. Spiritual warfare, fights in the night, witches chanting against me, coming after my family. That stuff ain't worth your 365 and 5,000. Like, let me go do music where ain't nobody coming against me. Let me do something else. Let me sing and do background for somebody. Let me do the country, sing background on somebody's stage. Oh, I go went up. Let me do that and, get, and give me my $200. Let me go home. You understand what I'm saying? My why always supersedes anything else. When, my, when I get in my feelings, which I do, the why I got to come back up. HR, why are you preaching? HR, why are you connected to these people? HR, why are you the senior leader? HR, why did God call you? HR, why? If not, I would have been committed suicide. People say leaders ain't leaders. Ain't, I would have been left here. I'm like, screw all of this. Seriously, it gets that deep. It gets that deep when you're wrestling against principalities, and like, and I'm not saying this to down y'all. Some of y'all only dealing with foot foot soldier demons. You're dealing with stuff that ain't been resolved. Right. What happens when your stuff been resolved, but the stuff you're dealing with is stuff coming from the 50 people who are murmuring and complaining? Yeah. Hear this. The bigger we get, the bigger the complaints are going to be, the bigger the misunderstandings are going to be, the bigger people not going to understand what's going on is going to be, and the bigger people are going to put a demand for what they want is going to become. That's why the model has to change. Is it making sense? All right, last thing. In, um, in, um, okay. in, in Exodus 18, you're going to read the story about, and I don't have time to jump into all of it, but you're going to read the story about, when you get home, you'll read it. Exodus 18 about, um, he said to him, this is what, this is what Jethro says to, to Moses, why do you, why do you sit alone as this judge, while all these people stand around you from morning until evening. And what he was basically saying to him was, I don't have time to jump in on this, but what he was saying to him was, why is everything on your shoulders when you have all these people around you that are able-bodied and can help you carry this load so that it can be evenly distributed so that this thing can prosper on our shoulders and not on their shoulders? 
say our shoulders. What, 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 what Jethro was really trying to remind Moses was, was that you can't do this as a one-man show. All right? All right, let me give you, let me give you the last scripture, and then, and then I'll let Overseer tell us what our, what our agenda is over the next uh, time, time that we're going to be meeting. Um, find a scripture. Give me one second, y'all. Let me find a scripture. <laughs> say this. Just, can you just say this? Say this. Say, look at look at your neighbor and tell them we are a team. Come on, say we're a team. Find look at find somebody else in this room. And tell them we are a team. Oh God. Find one more person. Tell them we're a team. Oh God. Anyway. <laughs> Listen to this. Um, I just wrote down just some 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 um some one of my experiences in ministry. Um, when I didn't know the why when I was working in ministry. Um, and let me say this, I was young, I was, had to have been like 20 years old, 20, 20-ish, 21 years old, and I was working in ministry, I was everywhere, I worked everywhere, I was the cleaning department, I was the 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 uh, um, head armor bearer to my, to my bishop, I was working on um, the, 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 the uh, transportation department, I was working on maintenance facility, I was working on every, every area of ministry my hands was in, and um, to me, I started getting really upset when, when they would call me to do stuff. So I'm like, don't y'all see what I'm already doing? Can't you see? I, my hand is in every committee, and I'm doing it with excellence. You only got to come behind me and tell me to do nothing. But they would be like, go get Minister Crump. And I'm like, don't get Minister Crump. Find somebody else in here. Right? That was me. Um, I, and this is what I didn't understand. They always called on me because I had what others didn't. I had something in me. I didn't see it at the time. I just saw myself, I'm just doing a whole bunch of stuff. I'm just stay, staying busy. I don't want to fornicate. Y'all real quiet. I don't want to fall short and I don't want to sin. So I'm going I'm I'm to be busy in the Lord so I don't sin. I'm a, I'm, I don't want to mess up. I want to mess up my, my Holy Ghost. I don't want to, you know, I don't mess up what God has put in me. So I'm going to work every. I'm gonna stay. The busy I stay, the more out of trouble I stay. Well, that, that partly worked, but, you know, so... But what I had that others didn't have was there was a steadfastness in me. And my hands were attached to the plow. And I refused not to look back. I saw them calling me to do work in God's house as the punishment. Because my why wasn't put up in front of me continually. I didn't see it as a badge of honor. Because I had what it took to get a job done without them having to come and baby me through it. I saw it as... Why are they always calling me when they got everybody else that can do this work in the house, blah, blah, blah. And it, what, I, what I learned when I started pastoring, because let me tell you something. A lot of stuff that y'all think that we're over, overly extreme, extreme about is because you ain't never pastored nobody. You pastoring yourself. How's that working? You pastoring your children. You pastoring your children. How's that working? You pastoring your... <laughs> he said, I'm going to kick myself out of my own church. You pastoring your, you, you pastor your children. How does that work? All the time. I should have seen it as a blessing. As as I'm 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 the most dependable person that they have. And this is what I didn't know until I started pastoring. Because they didn't have to come back and walk me through the process 80 times, 
they put me on more stuff because what the senior leader is always after, now this is going to help y'all, is accomplishment. I didn't recognize that back then, but I was an accomplisher. I was a 19-year-old accomplisher. You give me a choir, we're going to sound, we're going to be the best choir in the Tri-State area. And we were. You put me with the musicians, we're going to have the best musician, musician department in the world. We're going to practice, we're going to get this right, and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lead with an iron fist, I'm going to lead through love. I'm going to be, the, when they come to rehearsal, I'm the first one there, and I'm ready. Why? Because I had to learn how to lead them. See what I'm saying? So, when when on Sunday morning when they said we're gonna we're gonna they're gonna sing and the sound that came out that choir in that musician section was top notch. Everybody around the tri city, she'll tell you, started coming. Hezekiah Walker, Stanley Brown, all these people coming to our church to hear a little old youth choir. We go out and they, we got invitations to sing Bobby Jones everywhere. You wonder why? Cause there was some there was a spirit of excellence on us because I was I knew when to be firm, but I knew when to give them some space. And I didn't know that at night. How are you going to learn at 19 years old without anybody teaching you that? You want to know what? You want, you want to know the biggest part of my whole walk with God has been, Lord, if I get a directive, I'll rely on you to help mold my heart into this. Yeah. They give me the directive, but my heart will be molded into it. Because guess what? I didn't want to be over. I didn't want to clean no church. I didn't want to be in nobody's toilet. Right? I didn't want to do that. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't want to work with no youth youth choir. I don't. I don't. I'm a. I'm like a hermit. I just want to be by myself. Put me in the corner. I'm fine. Like tonight, y'all could be in here meeting. Put me in my office. I'll be in reading and, and praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm okay with that. But guess what? When it came time to do ministry, I had to move out of me. My heart had to be molded into every area that they told me that they told me to work at. They said, "Hey, we need you to be over transportation." And we also need you to be over cleaning. And we also need you to be over the choir. And we also need you to be over the musicians. And we also need you to help the pastor. And we also need you. My, my bishop said, yeah, you're gonna be my, I want you to work, in, work me in the arm bearer capacity. Okay. I got nine things that I am over. Right? I'm over them. Got to get a team. We have all this fancy stuff. Let me text you. Let me do this. Da, 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 da. All that stuff. No. When they said, amen, I jumped off the organ like a madman. She'll tell you, I'm not lying. I worked that congregation. I developed relationships with people. And on top of all of that, I was winning souls of Christ. I saw a decline. He didn't have to say nothing because I'm after 40 people. Right? It was, it was my, see, this is an issue. And everybody write this down. Take something away and put this down. This is going to bless you for the rest of your life. If you're going to be effective, your heart has to be right. If you're going to be effective, your heart has to be right. If you're going to be effective, your heart has to be right. If you're going to be effective, your heart has to be right. If you're going to be effective, you can do something but not be effective. You could be doing something because you're just filling the space in your mind. I'm just doing this because one day they're going to put somebody else in my place. Your heart ain't right. So you guess what? Your heart, because your heart's not right, then guess what happens? You're not doing the job. And then, when, and then when, when God takes you out that place and puts somebody there, it ain't no guarantee you ever going to have a place. And then we're going to be sour. Because guess what? All of that ministry in you is going to be saying, that ain't the way it's supposed to be done. Well, you should have did it when you had the opportunity. That makes sense. If your heart ain't right, you're not going to do anything. What, what, what was the quote? Heart's not right, what? 
You're not going to be effective. You, but this is why a lot of us are burnt out because we're doing stuff, but our heart's not right towards it. Hear me. You got to pray every day. Give me a clean heart, renew the right spirit in me. And anybody who's been to prayer school, you got to pray them gates out. Got to pray that God cleans out the gate of your heart way. Purify it with fire, the gateway of your heart. Lord, let my heart be right. The truth is, I don't want to do this area of ministry. But you want to know something? You don't have to want to do it. You don't even have to like it. The question is, is there a need for it? David said to his brothers when he came to the battle, when Goliath was there, and he said, go, aren't you, you supposed to be home with them? Go back to them sheep. He said, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? This is what keeps me preaching to y'all. This is what keeps me doing what I do despite 104 fevers, flu. I'll preach and serve through all of it. You want to know why? I ain't doing it for your accolades. I ain't, doing it for, I ain't even doing it for the blessing. I'm doing it because I know my why. My heart is right, so ain't nothing going to stop me from doing it. That's why they had to send me away for 30 days, because my heart was right. I almost died. Because my heart is right to the point where somebody has to say to me, stop. When your heart is right, you will be so committed to doing what God's called you to do. Watch this. And you don't have to like it. You don't have to like it. You ain't got to like evangelism. You ain't got to like the Greek squad. You ain't got to like pastoring the kids. You ain't got to like musicians. You, you don't have to like the, the, the facility maintenance. You don't have to like culinary. You don't have to like doing audiovisual. You don't have to like it. You don't have to like it. But the question is, can you connect your heart to it until God sends a replacement? Can you connect your heart to it and make that your baby and see it as the apple of your eye until God relieves you? Because let me tell you something. If it ain't really in you to do, we already know it. How can I preach up there and, and preach your business and don't know you don't like what you're doing? I know you don't like it. But this is the part of it. This is not, a, this is not, about, this is not about you liking something. This is about breaking your will. Cause you're not. Cause when you get to where you're supposed to be and do what you're supposed to do, if your will ain't broken, you ain't gonna like, you ain't gonna want to do it there either. Cause you would have had you would have gotten a hardened heart for doing what you want to do. How you that got to be broken out of you. So we got to put you in a place that you don't necessarily want to be at. It's a part of the strategy to break you from what you feel like you ought to be doing. Cause how are you gonna hear? I'm a prophesy. Well, God gonna tell you to shut up sometimes. If you don't want to hear that, then you're going to speak and then, then Satan's coming after you with all them demons and they're going to slap you up and halfway kill you. You're going to be in ICU talking about, I'll listen next time. You see what I'm saying? Okay. This is, that wasn't scripture I was trying to get to. This is the last scripture. All right. Say we're a team. A team is, is, is a group of individuals that work together to achieve a goal. A group of individuals that work together to achieve a goal. Y'all get that on, 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 the, on the download I'll give you. A group of individuals working together to achieve a goal. That means that we have to share responsibilities. Tell someone we're going to share responsibility. And in order for that to happen, everybody has to know who they are. Know who you are. I'm a missionary. I'm on a mission. This is my mission. I know my why. I'm a deacon. I'm a deaconess. This is who God's called me to be. I'm not running from this no more. I have to be who God called me to be. I have to step into this thing and own it. Because if you don't do that, then guess what happens? Satan fights you in that area of your calling. I sin, so I can't be a deaconess. No, you need to stop sinning and become the deaconess. You see what I'm saying? I can't be the evangelist. I can't be the minister. I don't even want to do this. God knew that, but he still called you. Moses didn't want to do it, but God didn't, tell, God didn't give him a way out. He said, I got to stutter. He said, yeah, my grace is sufficient. Keep on moving. 
Go tell Pharaoh. I said, let my people go study your way through that. Stutter it to Aaron. He'll speak for you. God, God said, I know what you're going to say. God said, let your people go. Yeah. Tell him. Tell him. That's how it works. God doesn't give you a pass because you don't want to do it. Oof. God had given you a pass because you don't want to do it. Moses gave God every excuse. I don't have the speech. I'm slow. This ain't what I want to do. God said, I know. I'll give you Aaron. Go and tell Pharaoh. And give him no. God didn't say to him, I realize you don't want to do this. This is how we do in this generation. I realize you don't like this and you don't want to do this. And I'm praying for you as you move in the, in the thing. No. God didn't give him no way out. God told him, this is what I've called you to be. Be it. And we don't like that in this generation because we were like, that's going against my will. You ain't supposed to have a will. <laughs> Jesus, our perfect example, said, not my will, but thy will be done. And if, we, if he's our perfect example, the example means you got to follow in the way. So every excuse you're giving God about why you can't do what, you, what, what you've been called to do, all the stuff is in your heart. Well, start working on your heart so you can now step in to be who God called you to be. That makes sense? Yes. Say we're a team. When you get home, read, um, just read um, Exodus 17. When you get home, read Exodus 17. It's going to bless you because the Malachites were coming after Israel. The Malachites were fierce. They were fierce warriors, boy. These boys, was, they, knew, they knew their stuff. These were fierce guys. These guys were nomads. They were like crazy. Like, like I see them in my mind as being like having dreadlocks and like beards that are just out here crazy. They was like, we're coming after you. We're going to kill. And they, they, they would do things like go in a village and just kill everybody just because they wanted their, 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 their cattle and their money. Just, just for no reason. Just going. They were crazy, right? Then Israel found out, oh, God, Moses, they found out they're coming after us. Oh, Lord, don't, don't say that. Bible says that, 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 that when this happened, um, everybody now has to move into cooperation. Whenever something's going to hit, that's, and this is why I believe we're in the season we're in. Because when a fight hits, if we're not in unity and there's nothing that's holding us together, then that's when we're going to see the demise of everything start spinning out of control. Exodus 17 talks about how they had to be cooperated together as a team in order to beat the Malachites. Watch this. It says that um, it says that um, Moses says Moses says to Joshua. Say Moses says to Joshua. He says choose choose men that are going to fight the Amalekites right there. Now let's say you that you're um, Joshua and I'm Moses. Say choose somebody's going to help fight the Amalekites. If you got pride and arrogance, I don't need to tell me. I know we, I know they're coming against us. I know how. Right there, unity's broken. But the enemy's coming. We spend so much time going, trying to deal with what's said instead of understanding what the why is. Why am, I, why am I speaking to you with this urgency? You don't know. You might not know the enemy is as close as he is. So if I, if I speak to you and, and I'm saying something a little more sharp to you, you got you to gotta graduate out your feelings. It don't mean I don't like you. It don't mean that you're bad. It don't mean that, uh, that, you, that uh, why you, ain't, you just ain't respecting me. No, I respect you. You just, you just, you heard it the way you, the, the filter it came in through is the filter of your hurt. It says, watch this. Um, no, notice this. The directive was given from the senior leader to the next down in line. Yes. Joshua now has to go and say, hey, you, 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 and you. Come on, we're going to fight the Malachites. But where did he get that directive from? The senior leader. Right. This is what happens. The senior leader says, hey, 
Candice, go and tell them blah, 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 right? Candice, Candice goes, goes, hey, blah, 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 blah. I don't like that you telling me what to do, and I don't like how you telling me what to do. Blah, blah, blah. Now, what ends up happening is the enemy's right next door. Right. It's an urgency, so we're sending her to you in haste, right? You get in your feelings, but I don't like the fact that you would talk to me in that tone of voice, and you supposed to be the pastor, and how the pastor going to come... Meanwhile, the enemy is rushing towards us. But watch this. Up at, up at the senior level, we think that stuff is being put in order. So by the time the enemy hits, we're straight because we gave a directive. Then the enemy comes in, kills the whole team, kills everybody. Then we're wondering, what, her, what happened? Now we're on her. And she has to, she's covering y'all. I'm doing the best I can. I'm trying so hard. No, not unacceptable. Now she get a whooping for you. How many whoopings do you think she can take? But then after, after she get a whooping, then God comes and whoops me. Because you lost somebody and you lost the team or you lost these people that shouldn't have been lost. Now, now your leaders are licking wounds when the whole thing hinged upon you were in your feelings instead of being in the spirit. Okay. He says, tomorrow I'm going to stand on top of the hill with my staff. I'm going to stand on top of the hill with my staff. Now, think about this. Think about this. This is the next problem we got with churches today. They want the leader to be down in the trenches killing the Amalekites with them. And this is why people leave churches. People just left recently from this. People just left as recently as a couple of days ago because y'all supposed to be down here with us killing the Amalekites. My job ain't to kill the Amalekites. My job is to tell the person that's going to tell the warriors to fight. That's my job. That's her job. But what we think is, you ain't down here fighting with us. That ain't my job to stand. Moses, had, the job of Moses was to stand on top of the rock and to point his, his spear towards the heavens. That was his job. His job was to stand and to stay connected to God while they fought. But his job was to make sure that Joshua gathered the troops and Joshua take them into battle. If everybody don't play their role, we're going to lose every battle from tonight on. Joshua could have been upset because I know that God's calling me. You, you remember what, I, I, I talked to you about how Joshua was going in the tent and God was talking to him, training him for to be the next. And he knew he knew someone was in him. was like, I'm going to take over. He could have gotten an attitude because he had to go and fight. Because the whole time while Joshua was out there fighting, the Bible says that Aaron and her come up on top of the mountain with Moses. They knew their positions. Yeah. Aaron and her. We don't know too much about her. He could have been a brother-in-law of Moses. That's what commentators say. But nonetheless, uh, Aaron, Aaron and her go up with, 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 with Moses just in case Moses' arms get tired. They pre-saw an issue. They pre-saw an issue. If his hands go down, we're going to lose. If his hands stay up, we're going to win. So what they do is he can't stand, but he has to stay connected to God. So we're going to push a boulder over for him to sit on. He has to be as comfortable as possible. But while they see that happening, his hands are getting weary. And while his hands are getting weary, the, the, Israel, the Israel army starts losing. Death, 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 death. That's what we're seeing right now. Death, 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 death. People leaving, people leaving, people leaving, people leaving, people leaving, people leaving. But as soon as they, watch this, as soon as they saw that death was coming and people were leaving, Aaron and her, who was assigned to him, said, uh-uh, what's wrong with him because we're losing? Oof. 
And what they did was they got his hands and held them up. The leader can't always keep their hands up. The job of, of leaders is to keep their hands lifted by doing the work. That's a sign to them so that the hand, so that that leader can stay connected to God and we can keep winning battles. All right. Woo, I hope that I hope that blessed you. Tell somebody next to you, play your role. Come on, tell them, play your role. Tell somebody else, play your role. I'll do this other stuff next.